Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Some people, a minority, were very, very emotionally involved with this House situation where the Republicans have not been able to select a speaker. But the vast majority of Americans could not care less. I mean, they don't know anything about the House of Representatives or anything like that. It's a very, I would say, 20, 25 percent of Americans really pay attention um, close attention to politics. And on the Republican side, there's a lot of angst here. So we're going to get into why that is. And I'll give you uh, some predictions. This thing is ongoing. As you know, we tape in the late afternoon. So uh, I can't give you any pronouncements about who's going to be the next speaker or why, because that may change. But I can tell you what is really going on, and I will. Um, now, there is a very interesting display, didn't get a lot of attention, uh, or hasn't, maybe it will this evening, uh, where President Biden goes to Kentucky and uh, meets with, uh, with Senator McConnell uh, in a big dog and pony show to talk about uh, the infrastructure bill. Now, this is a mistake 
on McConnell and the other Republicans you see there is part. It's a mistake. And uh, that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So this was held in Covington, Kentucky. And there's a bridge behind the guys that you saw. And that bridge is falling down, but now it's been repaired as part of the infrastructure bill. Okay. All right. Now, if the infrastructure bill were just a standalone at $1.2 trillion, uh, there wouldn't be a problem because we do need improvements on our infrastructure in this country. But this is part of an overall strategy by the Biden administration to run up historical debt, which they have. Okay? So Biden has been in office for less than two years, and he has spent $6.3 trillion that wasn't earmarked before he got into office. Just let me slow down. $6.3 trillion in new spending in two years. Now, that's borrowed money. We don't have it. That is by far and away the most money any president has ever spent by far. Second place, as we reported last night, Barack Obama, $2.8 trillion in a two-year period. So 2.8, 6.3. So by going to uh, this event with President Biden, the humongous spender, Mitch McConnell legitimizes Biden. Now, I'm all for being respectful to the president. I, I, I don't want to be disrespectful for him. I called him lazy yesterday in the message of the day, and I believe he is lazy. And there's no other word that I can use. I believe he's a lazy man. He does not work hard. Certainly not solving many problems. But McConnell is the reason that they're having all of this problem in the House. So stay with me here. The House of Representatives is made up of local politicians, primarily, two-year term, as you know. There is a very conservative cadre in that crew, okay? And they want a conservative agenda. And they do not believe the current leadership, okay, is going to provide that. So they wanted somebody like Jim Jordan or, uh, you know, a real conservative. Now, McConnell wants independent voters to vote Republican. That's why he did this. He sends a message. We're not obstructionists in the, in the Republican Party. Okay. We are reasonable. Mitch McConnell's reasonable. But Mitch McConnell doesn't fight against the irresponsible spending, much of which is wasted. Now, Donald Trump spent a lot of money in the four years, and he justified it as he had to rebuild the military. All right, well, that's still going on, apparently, because that's why Tom Cotton and other conservative senators voted for the omnibus bill, because it gives all the military people a raise and sends in, uh, I think, almost $800 billion to continue rebuilding the military. That was the rationale. So the conservatives in the House of Representatives, they're, they're basically, we don't want any more government spending. We want balanced budgets. We don't want this deficit. We don't want the debt. And anybody who we see is soft on that, we're going to oppose. 
which is why you have this log jam right now that's embarrassing the Republican Party. But again, most Americans aren't following this. They, they don't care about it. They don't understand it. It's not, on, it's not an emotional issue like the border or a fentanyl or a war in Ukraine. This is politics, all right, in the weeds, politics. So you, you have a linkage between McConnell, who is despised now by many um, conservative Republicans because he's deemed to be a sellout. And these House people, 20 of them, uh, feel that, you know, the way the leadership is forming in the House, they're going to sell out too. They're going to vote for all these big spending bills. So they want a real bottom line um, conservative speaker of the House. So that's what they want. Now, how is it all going to play out? I don't know, but it's going to solve itself. It will. So I don't know who this new speaker is going to be. I don't know any of that. I'm not going to predict it. Okay, but it'll solve itself, and then people will forget about it. That's what always happens in issues like this. But in the meantime, Biden very shrewdly, this was a White House event, by the way, in Kentucky. This wasn't a McConnell event. They set it up to send the message that Biden's $6.3 trillion new spending is okay with the Republicans. That's what it was. And McConnell wasn't smart enough to see how he's being used because he says, no, I'll, I'll use the Biden people because I'll send a message that Republicans aren't unreasonable and will get independent voters. I know it's a little confusing, but this is the chess game that they all play. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, I just want problems solved. I don't care who the Republican Speaker of the House is. Solve the problems. It seems to me that he could, they could get the conservatives in the room and say, look, we'll give you a special committee to investigate the FBI. We'll do the things that you want. Okay, we're not going to give you everything, but we're, we're on your side. We understand. We feel your pain. I don't know. Maybe that's already been tried and, and they're rejecting. I don't know. I do know there are loons in Congress on both sides. And I also know, as we reported yesterday, that Democrats, they vote block. There's no dissent anymore. Only Manchin and Cinema, the two senators, dissent. Every single representative on the Democratic side follows whatever the leadership tells them to do. Nancy Pelosi was the most fierce lion tamer of all time in that house. You went against her, boom, she cut your throat. So nobody did. And still to this day, they, they vote block. They're together, and the Republicans are not. And that's the number. Okay, so uh, let's go to an emotional issue, airlines. So millions of Americans got hosed over Christmas and New Year's, you know. But how about yesterday? How about yesterday, January 3rd? Ready? JetBlue, 39% of its flights were delayed. Delta, 37%. Southwest, which is completely falling apart, 39%. Delayed. They can't get the planes off the ground because they don't have the pilots. They didn't hire enough pilots, even though 
We, the taxpayers, through the federal government and a COVID release, sent them billions of dollars, free money. Free money went into all the American airline companies from Washington, taxpayer money. And they, they can't staff. They can't hire pilots and flight attendants and mechanics and baggage people. They can't answer the phone when you call them. Where did all that money go? You see, and it's unregulated. It shouldn't be. The Department of Transportation should be on it. But you just uh, yesterday, you're out of the zone. 40% across the board, rounding it off. JetBlue, Delta, Southwest. And I'm sure American and United had, you know, just as bad a time. All right. My congressperson is George Santos. I voted for him. Okay. Third District, New York. So Santos is a compulsive liar. That means he doesn't even know he's lying. (laughs) So he lied about everything. His education, his family, his uh, business, everything. So he's got to resign. Now, I got letters. I'm going to read some. All right. What aboutism? Oh, what about Joe Biden? He lies all the time, too. Okay. So what? So what? Life isn't fair. You're never going to punish all the miscreants. This guy, Santos, is so outrageous. He runs for Congress on a fraudulent basis. He's a fraud. So a voter like me, all right, and I didn't do a background check on Santos. I didn't. I voted for him because the guy running against him, Zimmerman, is a loon, a progressive loon. And I said, anybody but Zimmerman. But now, if I had to vote again, I'd vote for Zimmerman. Because Santos is a fraud. You can't run a government by allowing a guy to lie about everything when he's running for office. You can't. You can't keep going, what about, what about, what about, what about? Yeah, Joe Biden lied, and it's wrong, and he should be held to account. He won't be, but Donald Trump said things that weren't true as well. All right, that's always going to take place. But to run on an election basis where I have to vote, and this guy's defrauding the whole process, you can't have that. He's got to go. He will. There's no way he's, he's going to be sworn in today, but he's not going to keep it. He's got to go. You cannot run a country by condoning dishonesty, by saying, oh, yeah, we know it's bad, but look at that other bad. You don't condone bad behavior by pointing to other bad behavior. <laughs> he just can't. He can't run a country that way or a business or a family. I mean, look, you have kids, and every time you catch your kids doing something wrong, they go, but Bobby did work. You you can't. You got to discipline Santos. Oh, geez. Awful. Awful. Idaho. This is a fascinating story. So you know it. I mean, uh, it gets big ratings, so all the news agencies are doing it. 
So these four poor college students at Idaho, University of Idaho, um, they are knifed to death by an intruder. And then the intruder uh, bolts, and they can't find him for a couple of weeks. So they finally found him. His name is Brian Kohlberger, 28 years old, a graduate student at Washington State University, which is very close to Moscow, Idaho, where the Idaho University is. Okay, so how did they catch this guy? This is the crux of the story. So when the uh, investigators go into any crime scene, the first thing they do is gather DNA. So they had the DNA of the four victims all dead, all right? But there was other DNA in the death rooms, and they collected the DNA. So they ran it through law enforcement, and nothing came up. That means that that DNA from that person who was in those rooms, he was not involved in any kind of criminal situation in the past. So there was no DNA. So then the investigators very smartly went to the private DNA companies. These are the companies that trace your lineage, okay? Uh, Companies like uh, Family Tree, GED Match, Ancestry DNA. And you have to, if you want your lineage, your ancestors traced, you have to provide a DNA sample. Apparently, this guy did. Kohlberger. Now, they haven't said which agency he gave the DNA to, but there are only two agencies that cooperate with police, Family Tree DNA and GED Match, okay? So the cops got this guy's DNA from a private lineage firm where you pay money to find out who your ancestors were. Now, I didn't know any of this. The two biggest ones don't cooperate with the cops, all right? Ancestry DNA and 23andMe, they won't cooperate. But I think the cops got a warrant on this. I think they got a warrant here. So we don't know what agencies, all right? And if you go to these places and pay money to find out who your ancestors are, you can sign a paper, you opt out. If anybody asks about your DNA, you can sign that paper. It will not do you any good if there's a warrant. But if it's just somebody trolling around and trying to find your DNA, then these companies have to honor that. But they found this guy, all right, um, through the DNA process. Now, the bottom line on this story is evil. And we went over this uh, in December, how the rise of evil in this country is changing everything. It's called moral relativism. It's embraced by the progressives. And I'm, I'm not blaming the progressives for this Idaho murder but it's embraced by progressive people where there really isn't a right and a wrong anymore. It's the total opposite of Judeo-Christian philosophy. The rise of evil here is affecting all of us. And again, it's something just like disrespect of voters that Americans, they're not processing yet. But there's a hardcore 15% of people in this country who will kill you in a heartbeat because they don't believe in right and wrong. They don't care. This guy is obviously mentally disturbed. They'll get him. And I think Idaho has a death penalty. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him 10 years from now executed. Colorado, they find a guy, Andrew Durdy, D-U-R-D-Y, Greeley, Colorado, with, with 5,800 pills, fentanyl. Okay? So he's a pusher. 
5,800 fentanyl pills. They convict him, sentence him to 40 years in the state penitentiary in Colorado, right on Colorado. Compare that to New York City, where they find a guy with 22,000 fentanyl pills, Manuel Pagan, and he's released with no bail. So one guy gets 40 years for 5,800 fentanyl pills. The other guy's got 22,000. He's released no bail. Now, we're following this Pagan story in New York City. Um, it looks like he's cooperating with the authorities about how he got all his fentanyl. So he did answer his first, uh, I didn't think he was going to show up, but he did. It looks like he's charged with uh, criminal possession of a controlled substance. But Colorado did the right thing. 40 years is the right sentence for these things that can kill you like that. These fentanyl people. And, and these drug addicts, they take it. They know it could kill them. They don't care. They don't care about their own lives. It's what we're trying to get across to you. They don't care about your life or their life. They just want to get high. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, there's a new book out that I want to bring to your attention. It is called The Final Battle. The next election could be the last. It's a pretty provocative title. 
It's written by David Horowitz, who I have known for decades. And uh, we asked David to come on. Uh, ironically, he's in Denver. Um, you got pot edibles out there, Horowitz? Or what, what do you got? Unfortunately, yes. And, and it's much more powerful pot than they used in the 60s. You know, it's the Democrats keep introducing new drugs and legalizing them and creating monstrous problems. Now, when you were a radical, yeah, when you were a radical leftist in the 1960s, I'll remind everybody that's your, that's your background. I'm sure you smoked a lot of pot because that's what the culture was. Oh, no, I didn't. I was a Marxist and I was afraid it would screw with my head. Oh, really? So you were a Marxist and you were uh, an aesthetic. You didn't do that. Interesting. Okay. Now, in your book, you have a number of people that you say are ruining the country. You name these people. And I, I've got um, five of them that I want to talk to you about. The first one is Brian Roberts. Most people don't know who Brian Roberts is. But he is the CEO of Comcast, which runs NBC News and, you know, a lot of cable operations. So why, why are you saying that Brian Roberts, based in Philadelphia, is ruining the country? Yeah, I met Brian once. Um, I, he, personally, he's a very nice man. But what he did was to, to buy NBC, he had a lot of opposition from both parties over anti, antitrust issues. And what he did was enlisted the second most notorious racist in the country, Al Sharpton, who had become a kingmaker in the Democrat Party, thanks to Barack Obama, who made him his point man on civil rights um, to swing the political support he needed. And then if you watch MSNBC, you'll see it's a Sharpton station. Uh, I mean, Joanne Reed is just a Sharpton clone. Uh, they have all these black racists and white enablers of black racism. And they also recruited from Al Jazeera all these jihadists like Ali Velshi, who hate America, hate Israel. I think Israel is the number one criminal in the world. And it's 24-7 of hate. Okay, but um, nobody watches MSNBC. I mean, the, the ratings are ridiculous. Um, I think their top show gets a million viewers, uh, maybe a little more in prime time, but nobody, is, nobody watches them. Our country is on the brink of disaster, and the race issue is at the center of it, really. Um, so I, I can't excuse this. Okay, I think he's but I don't know if Robert, look, NBC News has hurt itself. I'm sure you would agree with this. Their regular broadcast, so. like the Today Show and No Lesser Holt News, by MSNBC that sullied the whole operation, correct? Correct. So correct. an argument and could I be made that, that... I don't think that Brian, Brian Roberts is a Jew. And the worst Israel hatred and Jew hatred that you can get on television... You will is get on, on MSNBC. MSNBC. Okay, I'm not going to argue with that. Now, you've also selected Barack Obama, and you point to DACA, the Deferred Action Children's Act. Now, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been sympathetic to the DACA Act because when you have children 
who have no say in anything taken by their parents and illegally cross into America, their parents are the guilty parties. The children are not. But the parents get away with it. Wait, wait. The parents get away with it. And then the children get educated and they get roots in this country. Okay. And again, through no fault of their own, did they arrive here? So I'm a little bit sympathetic about looking down the road to give those kids a chance, a pathway, if they earn it, to citizenship. Yeah, the left, I agree with you, but the left had a slogan in the 60s. The issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. And Obama's agenda and the agenda of the people that pressured him into this position is to destroy American sovereignty and to destroy America's capitalist free system. And what Obama did was, knowing full well that what he was doing was illegal and unconstitutional, he went on television 20 times to explain to the leftists who were pressuring him that he didn't have the authority uh, to defer uh, the deportation of anybody. That, that required an act of Congress. Right, and that's why it didn't happen. They, but, that's why it didn't happen. It's in a court still to well, this day. it's set up Biden's 62 uh, executive orders, which absolutely destroyed our borders. That's created the, the worst crime against this country in its history. Well, we'll get to, Bi- we'll get to Biden in a moment. The next guy you have is Fauci. So we all know now that Fauci, uh, through the National Institute of Health, um, knew that American money, government money, taxpayer money, was going to China for research on viruses. That's a fact. Now, Fauci splits hairs by saying, hey, we didn't know that they were weaponizing COVID or doing that. We were just funding research. You say? The Wuhan lab is run by the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese military. What Fauci did was fund a biological weapon which leaked out of the lab uh, and killed 9 million people and a million Americans. And he has spent all... Do you think that Fauci knew that? Do you think that he knew it? You do. Can you point to anything that proves that? The minute I heard the Wuhan, this was at the outset, that the Wuhan lab was run by the Chinese military and the Chinese Communist Party, I said, that's a biological weapon. But David, everything in China is run by the Communist Party. There isn't anything that's not. Well, Ryan, let, me, let me ask you this. Taxpayers funding it. All right. And nobody knew that they were. The National Institute of Health didn't put out a press release saying we're using taxpayer money to give to and the Wuhan lab. Nobody knew that. A, but why would why would Fauci want the Chinese to have a biological weapon? Well, it was a lot of, uh, you, you know, it was Lenin who said, we can count on the capitalists to sell us the rope with which we will hang them. There are a lot of people who, who are 
don't want to believe that there's evil in the world. Do you think Fauci's evil? You think Fauci's an evil guy? The Chinese communist, I think he's totally corrupt. I covered him when he was helping to kill half a million gays during the AIDS crisis. Um, They destroyed the public health system. You know, it's all for good intentions. Um, You know, he's just a corrupt individual. I don't think he's smart enough to know what the big picture is. I don't think he said to himself, hey, I'm going I'm to give money to the Chinese communists so they can get a biological weapon. I don't He's think Fauci did that. fortune in vaccines and things like that. This guy is rich. All right. Uh, this is just we got to see the data on that, though. Now, let's get to Soros. So Soros is, to me, the top guy who's trying to destroy America. Number He's one, a- why? He's a billionaire. He's made his money in the capitalistic system. Why does he want to destroy the primary engine of capitalism in the world? Well, he started out collaborating with the Nazis, and then when but he was Russia. a kid, he's a kid. So let's get beyond that. Let's let's keep it here. Why does he want to destroy America? He hates America. I don't know why he hates America, but he does, and he's the one who's put all these non these prosecutors in place who are pro-criminal. That's right. There's no doubt about it. Because he thinks that the uh, criminal justice system is racist. And that, that's why he's doing Which what he does. Ridiculous. But you don't, you don't know why this man who could live anywhere in the world chooses to live in the suburbs of New York City. If he hates America so much, you'd think he'd get out and live in the Alps someplace, right? Well, but they all do. I remember when the Nicaraguan communists, Marxists, the Sandinistas took over power. The first thing they did was moved into the homes of the rich. <laughs> All right. um, finally, Joe Biden. So let's keep it on the border with Biden. Um, the reason that Biden wants an open border, according to David Horowitz, is. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I was a consider myself a Marxist revolutionary in the 60s. I could never imagine doing or supporting what Biden has done to our borders. The amount of criminals, there are millions of criminals coming into this country. And we know this because the government accounting office did a report uh, on the years 2011 to 2016. And they found that there were 750,000 illegal immigrants in American prisons. They had committed uh, 4.9, they were arrested 4.9 million times, which means they were repeat offenders. They had uh, committed seven and a half million uh, crimes of violence a million drug crimes. So why would uh, Biden want that? Why would he want that? They hate America. I don't know how this happened exactly to the Democrat Party, but the left spent 50 years from the time they destroyed Humphrey's presidential chances at the 68 convention, infiltrating the, the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party has a caucus of 
people, uh, the so-called squad, who are racists, who support, raise money for terrorists, who are Jew haters, and who I hate, hate white people and Americans generally. They're pretty extreme. All right, David. And, and Nancy Pelosi protected them. It, and the, well, no Nancy Pelosi them. had her. She had her innings with those people, as you know. I don't know if she I'm, protected them or not. But. And gave in to them. Okay, and the book is, are. David, let me give you a book and plug so people yes, will buy it. Final Battle, The Next Election Could Be the Last, David Horowitz. Available now, and it's just out this week. Thanks for chatting with us, David. We'll catch up with you again soon. Happy New Thank Year. Thank you, Bill. Okay. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so is Trump done? Let's bring in uh, William Galston. He is uh, a chair and senior fellow at the Governance Studies of the Brookings Institute. So what do you think? Um, Donald Trump still uh, maintains power among his base I put it at about 35% of the Republican Party. He's lost power in the independent precincts. Of course, no Democrats will vote for him. With that kind of a resume, um, does he have a chance to regain the presidency, in your opinion? I believe that there is a narrow but real path that connects Donald Trump to a return to the Oval Office. And it consists of two steps. And he'd have to get lucky to have both of them, but it's not impossible. Step number one, we have a structural repeat of the 2016 Republican nominating contest where you have lots and lots of people in the race at the starting line, and many of them stay in too long. Uh, And Donald Trump begins by racking up a series of plurality victories with under 40% of the Republican vote. And by the time the field narrows, it's too late for anyone to give him a serious challenge. That's step number one. Step number two, real circumstances in the world. Uh, Imagine, and this is not crazy, that the Federal Reserve Board uh, has to keep on raising interest rates and then has to keep them high for an extended period to squeeze inflation out of the system. Under those circumstances, there might be a recession in 20 or lasting into 2024 that would be much deeper than a lot of people are now predicting. Under those circumstances, anything is possible for Mr. Trump. Okay. Now, I don't see a big uh, field for the Republican primary. 
I see DeSantis, I see Trump, and maybe one or two others, because the money aspect is going to be very hard for a Republican to raise money to run against behemoths like Trump and DeSantis. So maybe there'll be a few fringe players, but it's basically going to come down to Trump DeSantis. And if they go after each other, that is going to hurt the Republican Party, correct? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I, I have been through six presidential campaigns, and uh, it is not always the case that a really rough primary campaign works to the disadvantage of the party that staged that primary campaign. Sometimes it can be energizing. Uh, and uh, I've learned the hard way that generalizing from the past to the present and the future is a really, really risky business. Uh, I will say, however, that if you're right, Mr. O'Reilly, and it gets down to a two-person race uh, between Trump and DeSantis, I would not take an even money bet on Mr. Trump at this point. Uh, no, you, think DeSantis, you think DeSantis could beat him? I do think DeSantis could beat him. I have some survey evidence uh, uh, the, in the last few surveys, uh, DeSantis, at least the ones I've seen, DeSantis has had quite a healthy lead over Mr. Trump. I saw one that was DeSantis 52, Trump 38, was high-quality poll. On the other hand, it's very early days. Yeah. But I do think the surprising number of Republicans, or maybe not surprising, are coming to the conclusion that with someone like DeSantis, they can get most of what they like about Donald Trump with very little of what they dislike about Donald Trump, and that's a pretty attractive package. I believe, and I know Trump as well as anybody, that if he would moderate his flamboyance, stop with the previous election, and run on his four-year record, which I you know, chronicled pretty micro uh, in the uh, Trump-O'Reilly history tours, I mean, he did a pretty good job if you just step back and look at it unemotionally. The economy was very vibrant, he had Putin under control. He had the border under control in his last year. He did uh, a pretty good, efficient job of running country. But that's been overshadowed by the bombast, Trump, and the obsession with the previous election. But if he would take a hiatus of two months, three months, let history unfold, because I agree with you, it's not going to be a good year for Joe Biden and the Democrats. This is not going to be a good year for them and then come back maybe in May and June and really launch his campaign, he might take on some momentum because he doesn't have any momentum now, correct? You're absolutely right. Uh, and I've been stunned at how poorly he and the people around him have conducted uh, the first couple of months of the campaign. Uh, I don't know what they're thinking, frankly. Uh, and with that stunt about you know the the trump playing cards or whatever the heck they are uh you know he came perilously close to turning himself into a laughing stock and that is never good for anyone i agree with your analysis that if he set aside you know this obsession with the past if he changed his tone uh that that would improve his prospects but that has been so obviously true for so long. But the fact that he hasn't been able to do it up to now suggests to me that he may not be able to do it yeah, and sustain it, it for any length of time. 
it's a discipline, there's no doubt about it, and Donald Trump is not known for uh, his discipline. Very interesting uh, conversation, Ms. Galveston. I'm going to have you back and maybe in a couple of months to just follow this Trump campaign and the ins and outs of it. But I appreciate your analysis and thanks for helping us out. It's been my pleasure. Okay. Barbara Walters. So as many of you know, uh, she was a friend of mine. And they did something on The View uh, with me and Barbara and the walk-off with Goldberg and Behar. Today, I'm going to run that tomorrow, but I don't want to run it in the tribute to Barbara Walters because obviously um, she passes away at age 93, age 93, December 30th passes. And a pioneer, I mean, she broke all kinds of uh, glass ceilings, they call them in the media. Uh, Harry Reisner gave her a hard time, terrible time. Uh, The old boy network, and, and she just went boom, 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 kicked in the doors, became fabulously successful, as you know, and uh, started The View. And, you know, I would talk to her often um, about the show, and she booked me plenty, and and I was on it a lot. Um, One in time, it was pretty interesting. This was April 16th, 2014. Go. Bill O'Reilly does not mince words, and especially when he has an issue, as he does with Stephen Colbert and Beyonce and a few others that we will talk about. He also brings that passion to his best-selling books. His latest children's book is called The Last Days of Jesus, and I was just talking to Bill about it because he does not talk down to the kids. It's such an interesting and good book. Please welcome back Bill O'Reilly. This is a, is, a, is a book that's informative to all religions and does not talk down to kids. So congratulations. Yeah, it's a history book, though. I mean, everybody gets this mixed up. Killing it's Jesus. Not a religious book. Not a religious book. Just pure history about the most famous human being who ever lived. And uh, the adult book is pretty tough because we get into the Roman Empire and what they did. And, and pretty, pretty brutal. So we had to make it, uh, you sanitize it a little bit for the children. But we don't, as you said, very perceptively, we don't talk down to the kids. So we had a number, I think it was on there 12 times, dozen times. We have a number of very good conversations. And then um, it got progressively progressive view. Now, just insane. But Barbara Walters, uh, look, very tough woman. I'm not sanitizing her. Uh, A lot of people didn't like her. She didn't care. A good businesswoman. But was always fair with me. Always. And I, I got to know her as a person, and I, I respected her a lot. Okay, so I hope you had a very uh, prosperous New Year's celebration and, of course, a great Christmas. You know, a lot of people are glad it's over. I'm not, particularly Christmas, I don't care about New Year's. Um, I didn't do anything on New Year's. I, I, I read a book. I, I'm, I'm a boring guy to begin with, and, you know, I can't even tell you how disinterested I am in the ball drop and all of that. I, and it's me. Okay? I'm not disparaging anybody who likes it. But Christmas is special. You know, I like the whole thing. The generosity of it. I like the whole culture that we've developed in America about it. Uh, yeah, you can be greedy and go shopping and all that. Okay. But I like giving people stuff. The stuff that they like. 
And we had a great Christmas here. Uh, my sister's an excellent cook. I, I can't do anything. Um, and, and it was just really nice. And Holly the Terror Dog got, got presents, and she liked them. Everybody was happy. Urchins are happy. Everybody's happy. So I'm not happy that Christmas is over. And I like Christmas. And I realize that I don't have all that many Christmases to go, you know? So you want to savor it. And I did. I did. I did. It was a calm thing. I wasn't racing around. Uh, you know, we do with it. Now, I got to uh, go to the Islanders game. I got to go to the Knicks game. Uh, you know, we like all that. And everybody at the arenas are very respectful to me. And, I, you know, it was very good experience. Had some good meals. Whole positive thing. But I set it up to be positive, And that's a key on this final thought. Any kind of an event, you've got to set it up so that if something goes wrong, it's an act of God, not your fault. Set it up. But I really I appreciate Christmas now far more than I did when I was five or six years old. And I love Santa Claus because it is a special day. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you again tomorrow. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming, might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you.